name is Patrick McGillray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, running coach, and mindset expert. I believe mindset is the most powerful and most underrated tool you have as a runner. So I've devoted my life to helping runners like you develop the mindset you need to fuel your inner fire and become the badass runner you were meant to be. This is the Running Mind Podcast. Welcome to the Running Mind Podcast. I am your host, Patrick McGilvray. And today, I have a very cool interview for you. I got a chance to talk to somebody that I really admire, somebody that I've kind of been watching from a distance, not in a weird, stocky way, more of a social media way. And the reason I say that is because she's an average runner. She's a weekend warrior like me and most likely like you. You know, she works a job. She runs for fun. She runs because she loves it. And in a short amount of time, she's done some pretty incredible things. She's got a pretty cool running resume. In fact, in 2018, she ran Badwater and actually had to pull herself out of the race. And if you don't know anything about Badwater, Badwater 135 is a 135 miles run through Death Valley. So you start at Death Valley in July temperatures get above 120 degrees. I know, right? It's crazy. So not only do you have to run through that heat, but to finish the race, you have to ascend Mount Whitney, which is the highest point in the contiguous United States. Um, And you don't go to the very top of Mount Whitney, which is over 14,000 feet, but you do go up to the 8,300 foot level. All in all, uh, Badwater is not only the hottest race in the world, but it is one of the um, hardest because of the elevation gain. There's something like 14,000 feet of vertical ascent in the race. So it's challenging from many angles. She has a really cool inspirational story of some setbacks, but also... She talks about the mental fortitude that it takes to run a race like that. And she actually went back to Badwater in 2019. And I'll let her tell you what happened there. And just a little side note, she talks quite a bit about Harvey Lewis. And if you're not familiar who with who Harvey Lewis is, he is a local high school teacher here in Cincinnati. But he's also one of the top ultra runners on the planet. You know, he won Badwater back in 2014. He finished it in under 24 hours. He has, I believe it's the eighth fastest known time running the Appalachian Trail. And he represents Team USA in the 24-hour World Championships. So he's uh, the real deal. Uh, He's a local to Cincinnati and a friend of Melanie's. And so she was able to connect with him, and he was able to coach her for her Badwater experience, and she'll talk a lot about that. Lots of good stuff in this interview with Melanie Owen, so let's just get into it right now. Today I'm joined by Melanie Owen. Melanie has been intriguing me over the last couple of years, and I was really excited 
when she agreed to come on here and talk to me on the podcast because uh, Melanie is your average runner. She's unassuming, meaning that she's just humble and approachable and um, is not a uh, you know professional athlete. She's not been to the Olympics unless you've been as a spectator, Melanie. I don't know. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but if she's not, you know, qualified for Olympics, you know, she's not uh, some uh, professional runner with all these accolades. She's a average person that has done some pretty amazing things. And I've been super excited to uh, talk to you about those things. I've been following you the last couple of years, Melanie, secretly stalking you. Um, and your endeavors. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that. But tell me how you, you know, got into running. Like, what was it about running that drew you in? Yeah, so I actually, this started many, many, many years ago in the seventh grade, or actually, yeah, seventh grade, uh, going out for the track team. And really, um, back at Toronto High School, uh, Toronto Middle School, uh, joined the track team and just love being part of, you know, a team atmosphere. And then also it was individual. So um, I really liked that. And I just continued running through high school and then into college. Um, and then after college, I was like, what am I going to do? I love this. And so then I continued with running marathons. So cool. that's really got what got me into it. So you just uh, started running marathons and what got you into the ultra distances? Well, um, one of my running <laughs> friends, <laughs> um, Harvey Lewis, every Friday morning, we would do these uh, stair runs throughout Cincinnati. And I would hear him and Jeff Harmon and some of these other runners talk about this 24 hour North Coast race up in Cleveland. And so I was like, huh, 24 hours, you guys are running for 24 hours. And so um, I thought, hmm, I don't know if I can run for 24 hours but it, it really intrigued me i was like i think i want to do that everybody thought i was crazy but i signed up for my first 24-hour race and i was able to run um, a little over 85 miles in 24 hours and so after i did that i didn't even know about bad water had no idea the race existed and that was about five years ago and um heard about it read some articles about harvey in the paper and i'm like hmm, i want to do that race and of course then my friends were like now nah, you're really crazy you're just an average runner that ran one 24-hour race and now you want to jump all the way to that water but um, yeah i just want to stop you there and just say that this is not a normal progression even for <laughs> ultra runners you know to go from like oh i just ran a marathon to i think a 24-hour race would be fun and then to go to i think i'm going to do bad water <laughs> bad water is in case people don't know is considered the world's toughest foot race it's 135 miles through death valley um you start, you know, running through Death Valley. It's 130 degrees at times. And then you finish, you know, close to the peak of Mount Whitney, which is, I think you finish at about 8,300 feet, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but 14, over 14,000 feet of total That's elevation correct. gain. Like, oh my God, it's, yeah, it's obvious why it's considered the world's toughest foot race. So you went from... Uh, you know, running marathons to Badwater, and, and what time frame was that? Like, how how many years apart was like your first marathon to you you running Badwater? 
Yeah, so um, my first marathon was in 1992. It was a Columbus marathon, and it was right out of college. And um, I actually ran like a 346. And at the time, I had just missed qualifying for Boston. And, mm. you know, I, I was, I didn't even know about Boston really back then. But then, you know, for years, I chased, oh, I want to qualify for Boston. And I was always within a few seconds, meaning like within a minute or two minutes. And it was just really really disappointing because they kept moving the carrot, as I call it. They kept changing the qualifying times. So I finally decided, you know what, I need to try something different. I'm not succeeding with this marathon thing. And with my job, I travel a lot. So that's when I decided maybe if I run slower, but longer, I'll be good at it. And so that's why I jumped over and thought, well, running for 24 hours, maybe I could do that. And then I heard about the Badwater race and I was like, wow, I want to do that. But um, the key to that is, is that um, Harvey approached me, who then became my running coach, because he was like, Mel, this is serious. Like, you can't just go <laughs> from doing a marathon to doing a 24-hour race and then think you're just going to be able to do bad water. You need a coach, somebody who's going to help you along the way. And I read up about Harvey, and I, he was a friend of mine, but I didn't know about all these amazing races he does. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be trained by the best. So he became my running coach. And, you know, he really is the one we I'd meet with him each week, um, either through, you know, text message or in person. And we'd put a plan in place to really get to the point of getting into Badwater and then, you know, succeeding to finish the race. Yeah. So you first did Badwater in 2018. Kind of walk me through um, kind of your maybe a little bit about your training for that, but I want to hear about your experience at Badwater, your first yeah. experience at Badwater. Well, maybe we should take a step back and talk about the experience to actually get to Badwater because I Let's don't want do it. Yeah, the average runner to think, oh, you could just follow Mel's footsteps and it's going to happen. It doesn't work that way, um, mm -hmm. especially if you're a normal person like the, me that works, you know, a, a normal job and you're trying to fit this crazy training schedule into your work schedule and your home life. Like you, you have to have a nice balance. And so to do that, it took me a really long time. Like so, and I didn't succeed the first time I tried to complete my first 100 miler. So to get into Badwater, you need at least three 100 mile races. The last one mm. needs to be within 18 months of registering for the race. Now, when I was trying to register for the race, it was within the last 12 months but they have since changed the qualifications. And so to do that, I mean, I had to build up my resume and you can't just say, okay, I'm going to run this hundred miler because not all hundred milers equal, you know, the same as running a hundred miler. So you want to try to run races that are close to the environment that you're going to be exposed to when you run Badwater. So like the keys 100, I've, I've run and completed that three times and building up my resume. Um, Tunnel Hill, I did that one because it was later in the year and I needed a hundred miler in order to qualify, you know, meet the qualifications to even apply for the 2018 race. So I did meet my qualifications. Plus 
I did several of these 24-hour races that I, that I do like. I like that being out there and just run as many, you know, miles as you can do in 24 hours. Those are fun. And plus, you're seeing the same people. Usually, it's on a one-mile, you know, track that you're passing people and seeing the same people over and over again. But so, I met the qualifications and that process was, uh, you know, it's not just you apply and you're in. Um, you have to go through this application process, answer questions about yourself. I had to get resumes um, from folks um, that I crewed with um, because that was another thing. They want to make sure you've experienced it. And in order to do that, you need to crew a few times so hmm. you know exactly what you're getting into before you go out there. So I did all this in about um, a four-year period of time. I applied in 2018, and I got in the first year that I applied. Um, unfortunately, though, when I towed the line <laughs> to start the race, I didn't know that I had five kidney stones um, in oh. my body, and uh, it really caused um, some problems as I started to run the race. Um, I had mm. no urine output, and that's not a race that you can uh, go and run and not, you know, <laughs> make sure your kidneys are functioning properly. So. So Definitely it was, not. <laughs> so it was Gosh. a decision, unfortunately, when I did get to the starting line. I felt okay, but I could tell within like three miles, about three miles, something was not right with my body. Um, and we got to about mile 42, and I was falling behind with the time, li time limits that we were allowed. And I possibly could have made the time limit, but if mile 42, I met with the medics, and they're like there's another year for you <laughs> and it, yeah. the decision was made to drop um and it wasn't until after that i went home had testing done and found i had five kidney stones and a sphere bladder Oof. infection so we took care of that hmm. yeah but it was disappointing uh, you know to draw drop out after taking my crew out there and not being able to finish the race so i had some unfinished business to do yeah no kidding and um just to backtrack a little bit uh I understand that crewing bad water is, I mean, it's very, very challenging. It's not like you just go out there and be like, yeah, I'm just going to run. I understand a lot of crew end up in the med tents at bad water. Yeah, I mean, some of them could just if they didn't properly train because, you know, they mm -hmm. have to heat train as well and um, make sure that they're taking in nutrition um, because they may be when you pace out there, you're not in front of the runner, you're behind them, you're spraying them down and sometimes you forget about mm -hmm. yourself. So I could see how that could happen. Um, and so that that also is really important when you're selecting your crew, who to take out there and making sure you're giving guidance on proper heat training. And the thing about Badwater, they're really good about having a library of different uh, training materials available, not just for the runner, but for the, you know, the crew. Um, oh, yeah, cool. The expectations of the race director are that the crew and the runner, they have webcast like many months in advance leading up to the race so that all participants, racer and crew members are prepared. Oh, that's smart. Um, so you end up with these kidney stones. Oh my gosh, sounds terrible. You get through 40-ish miles mm -hmm. and you basically get pulled out of the race. So what was your mental state at that point? 
Oh, devastation. Because you spend like all this money in the training, in the race, uh, getting your crew out there. The crew and the runner is so excited. You want the, the goal is to get to the finish line. Unfortunately, my crew, there was nothing they could have done to help me get better. <laughs> and yeah. um, I just wanted to clarify that the, the race did not pull me. I made a decision with the medics. Okay. Yeah, to drop from the race. They strongly suggested, but it was fine. Mainly because I made a promise to my husband if there were any chances that my health could be in danger, I would stop. That was one thing that I did tell him. Um, And Mm -hmm. and I think that for anybody, if you're married, you better have that pact that you're not going to push yourself to the point where it's really going to put you in harm's way. Yeah. Yeah. And that race is no joke. Like you do not mess around with, with that race, you know, like you said, you know, uh, you're not urinating or, you know, you, you're, you know, your uh, sodium levels get mm-hmm. uh, too low or whatever. Like you have got to uh, take care of yourself because it's such an extreme environment. Everything's compounded. Everything's um, magnified. You know. Oh, absolutely. With the heat um, and just the mileage that you're doing and, and not just you're going below sea level and climbing the whole way um, mm. ups and downs. And and it may not be exactly the same terrain that you're doing your training on. I mean, in Cincinnati, I looked up trying to find the <laughs> the steepest mountain <laughs> or I should say hills that I could Hill, climb yeah. <laughs> train on just to get ready for this race, which didn't even compare to the, you know, running environment that I was going to be exposed to out there. So how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you train? How do you train for the heat in an environment uh, like here in the Midwest where, I mean, it gets hot and humid in the summertime, but nothing like, uh, the, the heat of the desert out there. How do, how do you train for that? How do you prepare yourself for that? <laughs> yeah. So what I did was my first year I was using sauna suits and just putting a lot of heavy clothing on. I didn't have really, um, access to saunas, um, where I could go in, you know, for maybe a few minutes each day and build up because you don't want to go into the sauna and say, oh, first day I'm going to be in there for 30 minutes. You maybe do mm. five minutes, then 10 minutes, and then you build up the time that you can stay in the sauna because it is extremely um, hot in there and you're sweating a lot and you need to make sure that you take plenty of fluids in there. Um, but so, so my training was more just putting heavy clothing on and things like that. The second year though, when I got in this past year, I did a completely different type of training. I did have exposure to saunas because I travel a lot for work. So I would stay in hotels that had a sauna so that I could um, make sure that I was using um, that particular type of heat training. But I also purchased an in-house sauna, a portable one, where I could... Oh, cool. Yeah. Now, my head wasn't exposed, but it was up to my head. And I could sit in there, and that really helped. And then also Harvey suggested, you know, sitting in there, then go run and get a cold shower and then come back in it. And just the different changes uh, for your body. And I really feel that that the heat training is probably more important than the, you know, getting the distance and the running in, because I felt like this year I was better prepared for the heat than uh, the previous year. Yeah. Yeah, So let's, let's talk about that. So you made a decision shortly after you um, weren't able to complete 
your first bad water in 2018 <clears throat> and you were like oh i've got some unfinished business here i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna take care of this thing so did you know like right away you were going to uh enter the race the following year and and uh, and finish well i i <laughs> had always hoped that i would finish this year but um so that was in the game plan but um yeah so immediately after my um yeah my dnf as we call it in racing mm -hmm. um you know i had a talk with harvey and what makes him great as a coach is that you know he sat me down and said you know what put this one behind you. Let's focus on qualifications to get in next year. So I needed, um, we thought we needed a hundred mile race, but then we found out that the qualifi qualifications changed. So I went ahead and I did the Daytona 100 on crude. So I just had my backpack and I ran from Atlanta beach to Daytona beach. And um, I, I, I finished the race and it was a great race. Um, and yeah, I, I felt after finishing that race, I, okay, I'm back in this uh we can cool. do that yeah yeah so that really um that was in december of last year and so that gave me my qualifications which i really didn't need that 100 miler but it was an added bonus yeah okay. awesome so then you started training for badwater 2019 and you did talk a little bit about your training and and how you did some things differently you know with the heat training was there anything else you changed about the the way you approached the race or um or your training yes so um you know we went back and we looked and at um i was working uh you know like 70 hour work weeks the the year prior now i was still working 60 70 hours but the one thing that we noticed when we compared notes um of because i every week give an update um and and so we looked and it was sleep i wasn't sleeping very well and so hmm. needed to make sure i was getting you know at least seven eight hours sleep um and being consistent with that um as well as um you know i i was eating eating better you know i'm not a vegetarian or or vegan um like most runners i will have a hamburger every now and then but i'm not going to restrict that from my diet and to be honest leading up to my races i feel if i have a hamburger or, or at least more protein um in my diet it helps me do better in my longer races but um i i was watching the type of foods that i was eating and also taking in more fluids um but I would say the one thing that helped me was getting better sleep mm. leading up to the races. Yeah, and sleep is really underrated, you know, and a lot of people don't think of that as part of your training. They just think of it as like, oh, I better just get some sleep, you know, but it's such a key ingredient. You know, you've got your um, strength training, you've got your endurance training, your aerobic training, and then you've got your nutrition and then you've got your rest Mm -hmm. And your rest is so vital. You know, that's when you, you know, rebuild cells. That's when you, you know, build muscle. That's when you um, strengthen the neurological connections. You know, you're building neural pathways. And, like, it's just key to your overall physio physiology and uh, strength as a runner. Mm -hmm. um, so good for you for noticing that and 
getting more sleep. Uh, that's a lot of hours to be working too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I, I don't know if you I know. I need to talk to your boss about that. <laughs> I, I, I do cancer research, so it's very yeah. rewarding. And then, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of research going on right now. Um, so, um, yeah, so, sometimes it's not always like that, but it's been pretty crazy <laughs> this past yeah. year. Um, so how about like mentally, how are you mentally different going into this, uh, bad water this year, 2019? Um, how, how did you prepare for that mentally? Yeah. So, um, I, I, on my way out to death Valley, um, my running coach, Harvey, he, he was like, Mel, let's talk about the things that you already know going into this race. What are those positives that we need to focus on that are going to put you in the right mindset? And so I had the experience of already running 42 miles. I already had that experience of knowing what went well, what didn't go well, and I could fix those things. I had my crew from the prior year help me on providing um, guidance on what they thought, you know, I should change up with because I did select a, a different crew for 2019 um, and so that helped having you know eight people now who because um, there's four four members on a crew and so I had eight people that really could come together and help me even though the 2018 crew we didn't get it to the finish line they were very much still part of my training and also my preparation to get the bad water that's awesome. It's, it's, what a great community. I love the running community. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. But that's what I did was focus on those positives. Um, mm-hmm. And also, there were a lot of Cincinnati runners that were returning uh, from the prior year. And so I had all of them that were going to be out there. Um, and I saw many of them on the course. And I don't, I don't know if we're going to go into 2019. But one of those runners, I really feel running with him for, I think it was like we ran 70 some miles together really got me to the finish line who was that nick laboff awesome yeah uh, yeah i was just uh, looking at the stats and there was like four or five uh people from cincinnati uh running Badwater this year i mean that's cool that's really cool what a fun yeah. community to be a part of you know so you're out there you're running uh bad water this year you're feeling better um I know that there was uh, times when things were getting tough for you out there. I know that there's no way you're going to tell me that it was a piece of cake. So uh, how do you deal with that uh, mentally, especially when things get hard in a race like that? So, um, I don't know if I sent you my, um, <laughs> my story about Badwater. If not, I will send it to you after this, but, um, I did Love write a, to read yeah, it. Yeah. It's about 25 pages long, but it's talks about, cool. you know, from five years ago, my start to my big dream I had to, to getting across the finish line. So I'll, I'll share that with you. But, um, to answer your question regarding, you know, the, there in any race that you do, that is in, even in a marathon, you could have dark moments and you just have to know yourself and find a way to get out of them. 
And so my crew that I selected, uh, my crew chief is, was Jack Corey. And Jack and I have been running together for about five years. And so he knows me quite well. We actually were at Tri-State Running and we were piecers there to help the marathon runners. So um, he knows me very well. And there are moments where I, I'm going to be honest, um, I was about at mile 67 and you're going down into the Panamint uh, Valley and um, Springs Valley. And it was extremely hot. There were like 30 mile an hour winds coming at you. And I think the temperatures were over 120. It was really, really hot. And it was really affecting me. And um, at one point I did go into the vehicle in front of the AC and I was like, I'm not having fun. I, I, I think I'm going to stop. And so that's where the crew can really help the runner because your your mind is just in a bad place. You know, mm. you don't, you, you feel like you ran 67 miles in, you know, Death Valley in, <laughs> you know, over 100 degree temperatures. And yeah. so that's where the crew can really help you and say, you know what, that's how you're supposed to feel. And quite honest, <laughs> you, you probably should feel worse than that. But, um, I don't know if you know, but I was in last place coming into mile 72, like the, the last runner that came in to meet the cutoff. And so I came in and they were like, oh, here's the last runner. And it was at that point where I was debating, should I go on? Should I stop? And, um, you know, I just got something to eat, took a shower and we decided let's go up this mountain. We'll, it will try to get to the next cutoff. If we make it, we'll continue on. If not, that's the end of my race. So I never, I felt like I wanted to give up, but I never did. I wasn't entirely there. And it takes the crew to help you get out of that place. Because sometimes if you're by yourself, you're just going to say, maybe this is it for me. And it really took the crew to just rally around me and say, man, you look way better than some of these other runners. Now let's get going. <laughs> and that's what we did. We really did. Yeah. And, and being in, you, you know, you said last place that in that race, it doesn't mean anything. It means you're still, you know, in contention to finish bad water is what that means. <laughs> well, the funniest part about this is many people were tracking me and there was a big delay and I had people sending me text messages. Don't you stop now? And it's like, I didn't see them until after. So it was oh. really funny to get those text messages because so many people were rooting for me. Like you said, I'm just like this average runner that just loves to run and had this crazy big goal that I really wanted to run Badwater, but not only run it, I was going to finish. And mm. it did take me two years, to, two times to finish. But the first year, I mean, I don't know any runner that could have finished with five kidney stones. You, know? you get a pass on that one. Totally. That's <laughs> just come like nothing you can do, you know, nothing yeah. you can do about that. Um, so you, uh, you end up finishing and tell me, you know, walk me through the, the finish of bad water and how that felt for you. Yeah. Well, if I could just, t just say a few uh, comments regarding mile 72 to the end, yeah, absolutely. Just help some runners who are ever in the situation. So like I said, I was in last place. And so you're going up this mountain and you have to 
really just like dig in and say, you got this. And that's when I started to pass people is as I was mm. climbing up to uh, Father Crawley, which is r a really steep part of the course. And so at that point, I was just power walking. But I just kept getting more and more confidence about finishing the race. And so mile 90, I met the cutoff by over an hour. I continued on and I was, I was, you know, running. So I got to mile 100. I'm still running, you know, sun's coming up. My crew, they got out of the van. They're dancing for me, singing. Um, and that's when Nick LaBeouf and I were going back and forth and back and forth. And so we had his crew, my crew, and they were just rooting for us to just keep going. And um, it wasn't until around maybe mile, I want to say 108, something like that, when Nick just finally uh, went ahead a little bit. Um, but then, you know, when I got to um, Lone Pine, that, that was the moment where I was like, I got this. And so, you know, you have a half marathon left and you just climb all the way up to the Mount Whitney portal. And that's exactly what we did. And that actually was probably the strongest point for me was going up that last 13.1 miles. Um, I passed, I think, like five people in that time going up that mountain uh, to come into the finish line. And, um, you know, when I finished, one thing that I did do is I handed Chris Kosman a note thanking him for letting me get back into the race because – I mean, he could have selected any runners and there's a committee that selects the runners, but to come back after a DNF and giving me that opportunity. And now I'm like tearing up about this, but it's very emotional. <laughs> um, but also I wanted to prove to people, cause there's been many people say to me, how did you get into Bathwater? Like really? And so to <laughs> all those people that have ever said that it's surrounding yourself by people who, who really know what it takes to, to get the job done, meaning to get the finish. So I had Harvey as my running coach. I had so many friends in the running community. I had tri-state running. Like Cameron, he invites me over there all the time. You know, he's like, if you're ever in town, come on over. Um, and, and so there's running groups like that that just support you and say, you can do this. So an average runner can get into bad water and you can finish it, but it takes a lot of work, a lot mm -hmm. of work. Well, I don't want you to sell yourself short because, you know, you talked about the people that helped you to get there and the people that supported you and that you surrounded yourself with, but you also have an amazing, um, you know, drive and an amazing spirit. You're, you're, um, positive, you know, you've got this, uh, really happy, positive demeanor, and that's going to take you places where a lot of people can't, can't mm -hmm. go, you know, I think attitude is so key, you know, and when you have this, you know, inner fire, I like to call it when you have this drive and you have this um, mental like toughness and this drive to accomplish something amazing. People are really attracted to that and people want to be a part of that and they want to help you. And you definitely have got that. You know, you have what it takes, Melanie, to do yeah. 
that's badass stuff like this you know well, so. it's, it's funny you say that i went back <laughs> for a high school reunion um and my running uh my track coach happened to be there and he he said to me congratulations on your finish at badwater he's like i had no doubt that you were not going to finish this race he's like you know why he's like when you were in high school you used to tell everybody nobody's going to beat me <laughs> in the last hundred yards. <laughs> well, in this race, you're really racing against yourself. Yes, there's other runners out there, but I was not going to be beat. Not in 2019 in the last like half marathon of the race. Once I got to Lone Pine, I just knew I was going to finish it. So take me to that one moment you cross the finish line, you feeling all the feelings, um, was it uh, everything you thought it was going to be? It was better. <laughs> <laughs> it was better. Yeah. Um, you know, why I was so great was I really thought because I was in the back of the pack finishing the race. I mean, I finished in and I'm sorry if I don't get it exactly right, but I think it's 44 hours, 56 minutes maybe 33 seconds. I'm sorry if the, the seconds are off. Maybe it was 32 seconds, but, but it was almost 55 or 45 hours and the cutoff is 48 hours. So, um, you know, I'm in the back of the pack and, um, what was great was how many people were at the finish line waiting for me. I can tell you the Cincinnati crew, like they were all there. Harvey had finished the race and came back and he's like jogging <laughs> to get to the finish line just to see. Of course see. he is. Kelly was there. I mean, it was great. Kelly, um, Harvey's uh, fiance, like the, mm -hmm. everybody was there. And um, to have all that support. And then also the community back home, I mean, my Facebook was blowing up. Yeah, I'm looking at your time here, uh, 44, 56, 33. Oh, so I was right. Okay. Well, I know that some and... people get upset about if it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I see you're, you did not finish uh, last. You were not DFL. You had, it looks like you passed like seven people. So there were seven mm -hmm. people that finished after you. So, damn, that's awesome. Awesome. Strong finish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, so I guess um, the advice that I would give to anybody, you know, no matter if you're in last place at any point in a race, just keep going. Just keep mm -hmm. going and don't worry about that. Because I will say that hearing that I was the last runner coming in to meet the cutoff, that, that did bother me a little bit. But then my crew talked to me and they actually turned that around. They, they were like, who cares? You're going to go up and you're going to finish this race and you're going to pass people along the way. So that really helped. Yeah. Do you think that kind of like sparked a little something in you, a little bit of a, of a passion to like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to be last. <laughs> well, actually, they, they, they were like, next is right up ahead. You know what? You may be able to catch him. And believe it or not, I did. Cool. <laughs> and I actually cool. had to pull him out of the van a few times. Yeah. So we were just playing off each other. <laughs> what an amazing experience. Um, and I just love the fact that you are a uh, weekend warrior, you know, like like me and like a lot of runners, like we do this for fun 
And um, it's a it's challenging. We do this to push ourselves. We do this to see what we're made of, you know. Um, and if we inspire people along the way, awesome. Uh, but uh, you know, you you work a full time job, you a very full time job, <laughs> and uh, you're doing this for fun, and you're you're able to accomplish something amazing like that. So, like I said, I've been kind of you know Facebook stalking you and watching your story. And it's just intrigued me. I'm like, I need to know more about this. So I'm really glad you took the time to, to chat with me about your, your journey here today. Um, what's next for you? Well, um, in less than two weeks, uh, December 7th and 8th, I'm running Daytona 100 again, uncrewed. Um, I had a business meeting in Orlando, so I'm going to head over to uh, Atlantic Beach and run that race and then uh, continue on my business travels. <laughs> yeah, most people, they're like, yeah, I'm going out of town on business. So I'm going to go for a run. They think, you know, like three miles or something like that. You're like, yeah, I'm just going to do this 100 you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been trying to keep my base at a, a certain mileage so that I can continue running, you know, ultras. And yeah, yeah so we'll see after that. Maybe first of the year, I will try to go back to maybe qualify for Boston. We'll see. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, very cool. So if people wanted to get in touch with you or reach out and connect with you, how would they do that? Yeah, um, they they can contact me through Facebook. It's Melanie Wary Owen, um, or they could send me an email, uh, Melanie Owen ten at hotmail dot com. All right, cool, awesome. Well, um, I'm really inspired by your story, and I'm I'm really happy that you uh, came and shared this with me. I, I loved getting to know you here today. So thank you, Melanie. Yeah. Thanks. I, I really enjoyed this. Of course, talking about Badwater was like my best running experience to date. Did you know that most runners fail to reach their goals? It's not because of lack of training or lack of desire. Whether it's running faster or running farther, I believe most runners just haven't developed the mental toughness they need to get them across the finish line. That's why I created a step-by-step -step training called How to Build Mental Toughness and Become a Badass Runner. I want to show you how to train your mind so you can tough it out when the going gets tough. And the best part? This comprehensive training is yours absolutely free. To get it right now, just go to innerfiretribe.com slash badass and get started today.